0: Greetings members old and new, and welcome back to the Possibility Department, your one-stop shop for the modern-day occultist. If you find yourself entertaining the possibilities of anything and everything when it comes to the great unknown, then this is the place for you. My name is Luciana and I'll be your host as we dive into what I like to call spiritual and psychological templates for living our lives, interpreting our lives, and creating change in our lives. Take what you like, toss what you don't, and remember that what we talk about on this podcast is just as far-fetched as the concept of any higher power. Alright, let's talk about some weird sh- Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Possibility Department podcast. Uh, you may have noticed we took a little bit of a gap again, um this is something that may or may not happen, I have to be honest with you. Um, I'm creating tons and tons of content on Patreon all the time, and that is my priority. However, I do have plans to get back into the full swing of interviewing again. Um, I'm hoping to interview around two people a month, or at least one, and I'm very excited for today's interview. But before we get into that, I have to welcome our new patrons who have just joined me over on Patreon in the occultist Lab, Natasha, Anna, Sandra, Savannah, Mac, Christina, AMG, Tanya, and Jess. Thank you all for joining and welcome. Super excited to see you in there. Um, some of you are level two, so I'm hoping to see you over in our big group chat. And with that, I also have to thank my sponsor level patrons. These are my patrons on level three and level four who are really going that extra mile to support the possibility department and are getting a ton of extra content in return. Thank you so much for your ongoing support, Brianna, Jewel, Amy, Susie, Mariella, Erica, Brittany, Ingrid, Faith, Tara, Joanne, Noel sarah and luna thank you so much for your support over on patreon i am infinitely grateful for you so getting into the episode um again if you want to watch the video instead that's available at the five dollar level on patreon as well as all my other video interviews along with my private podcast but if you'd rather listen to the audio then here we are uh today we are interviewing Brittany Gash, who is not only an incredible person, but also I'm proud to say a friend. I've gotten tarot readings from Brittany, which have been beyond transformational and not to mention super hyper detailed, (laughs) so detailed. Um, And I've gotten marketing consulting from Brittany as well. She's a, a marketing consultant and then she melds in kind of themes of intuition and things like that, which is really helpful for someone like me and helpful in general for people who just have small businesses. I mean, we're kind of holding everything in the balance and trying to do everything at once and designing our own logos and designing our own websites and writing our own emails and our own blogs and creating our own content and, you know, communicating with customers and clients and everything kind of piles up and you're doing everything on your own that you create like these bo- these blind spots, I guess, for lack of a better word. And uh, Brittany can look at a, a webpage, a sales email, whatever you're working on and tell you exactly what's good, exactly what's bad, exactly what's wrong, what you should do better, where you should go next. And she just, she has it all right there within seconds. All of the knowledge is right there. And it's the stuff that typically we have to Google, you know what I mean? And like try to figure out and watch video courses on and then walk away more confused than when we, when, when we showed up. <laughs> So, all in all, um, she's an incredible person, but today we're going to be talking not about the marketing side because I know a lot of you are not business owners specifically. We're going to be talking about tarot um, and how she sees tarot, how she reads tarot, and how she blends it with kind of a unique practice for her that blends in uh, spirit, and then for her specifically, uh, the practice of kind of communing with her ancestors. We also talk about how um ancestors can be viewed as maybe not necessarily directly in your family line um very interesting stuff and i'm just super pumped for this one honestly so you know what without further ado i hope you enjoy this interview with tarot reader and intuitive marketing consultant Brittany gash all right welcome to the possibility department podcast Brittany gash hi <laughs> thanks for having me <laughs> I've been excited to have you on for a whole host of reasons. I've gotten readings from you. I've gotten consulting from you. Um, But really, I think what my listeners are going to love and what makes you really interesting as far as tarot goes is that you meld it with kind of like an ancestral practice. And so I think my first question for you is, you know, how did you find the tarot, which I know you talk about a little in your podcast as well. um, But at what point did that meld with ancestor work? like, what point in the timeline, and is there a story? Um, well, I mean,
1: my discovery of tarot really came out of, like, just a general interest in, like, in the entertainment aspect of it. I think at the time, um, the Psychic Friends was really big, and there was a Miss Cleo, who was that, uh, Caribbean, like, tale reader, you know, and she was, she was, like, you know, she had her, like, her turban on, and then people would call in on the infomercial, and be like, thank you so much, you know, Miss Cleo, and she'd be like, it's all in the cards, and I was like, she's <laughs>
0: hilarious,
1: and I thought that she was hilarious, um, so I always felt like, I mean, we think we later learned that Miss Cleo was not legit, and the psychic friends were not friends to people, but um, that was kind of my, my first kind of, real interest in tarot and what even is it and how does it work Um, and I finally got a a deck of tarot cards from Barnes and Noble of all places um, and really connected to the tarot in that way and so Um, I just really just began to kind of learn it in general. There was no answer sister work related to it. There was no, there wasn't even a lot of connection with like universe or spirit. I know some people use the cards in that way. It was really, I was honestly doing a lot of memorizing. I was doing a lot of memorizing. Yeah, Yeah. that stage. (laughs) Right, when you're first learning, I was doing a lot of memorizing and then um, after taking a couple of courses I decided to sign up for the Biddy Tarot community. I don't know if you've heard of Biddy Tarot. Oh wow yeah, yeah. I love Biddy
0: Tarot. I haven't signed up right. for anything but You're that's right. where that's my number one source when I don't know what yes. to do with a card. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah and I mean I finally discovered them.
1: Um, and I was like well, you know they have lots of learning tools but there's also this point where you can do readings for others to kind of practice your skill. Oh okay yeah, it's a free service um, for both both, you know, the reader and for the person asking the questions, and it's really good practice, and then they, like, give you feedback, and um, as I was kind of going through my separate ancestral journey of kind of in my own spiritual journey, um, doing readers for readings for others really helped me to kind of connect um, more with my spirit guides and the ancestors, and I remember doing a reading that felt a little off. A little negative I think the person asking the questions were negative and all they do is they email me the question but it just felt weird and I remember asking for protection from my spirit guides and for my my ancestors and that was literally the first time that I kind of decided to incorporate them yeah um, and it was very early in the in my stage of reading for others I think it was like my third reading ever <laughs> and I was like I don't know this is weird and <laughs> I just get really weird vibes from this and I asked for protection and that was sort of the first time and then the more that I've, I began to make it a habit of before I do a reading, let me just do a quick sort of prayer to the ancestors to just kind of be with me during this this reading and to help me be able to sort of channel messages to all who need them. Um, and that kind of just that way, it wasn't really like a mess of like, I think I'm going to start. It was really like needing to feel protected and safe. Um, so was and it was like I, a spur of the moment
0: Fully.
1: Wow. Okay. I I mean, I had already been sort of easing into ancestor work. Um, and what does that even mean for me? And what, what does that include and look like? And just this one reading, um, with a gentleman who he had some very negative energy. Mm -hmm. I had never felt anything like that. And I remember being like, um, I, and I know that other people like they'll cleanse their decks and, you know, they always have certain crystals for protection of that energy. And it was not something that I had actively thought of doing because I always default to most people are good. I mean, I don't, yeah. know, I don't yeah. know if I'm yeah. sort of trusting, <laughs> <laughs> but I still believe that people are good. And so mm-hmm. I think I wasn't prepared for that. And it was just like, I need some help here um, at a different level than like a spiritual level. And And I just asked and it felt right. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't really kind of that simple as far as incorporating it with my tarot. And so now when I do readings, like I said, I, I feel like I'm doing them with my spirit guides. I'm doing them with my ancestors. They are such a part of my reading process that I feel like if I'm getting messages that are very strong, they're being received because they're being channeled through my spirit guides and my ancestors through me to other people.
0: Yeah, well, I didn't expect it to be like that simple. Like one day you were just like, I need, I need help. <laughs> you know? But I yeah. think that's how a lot of cool things end up. It's like really simple stories. So I mean, with that, like, what does, what is ancestor work like? And what does it mean yeah. to you? How do you view it? Totally. Um, you know, my
1: own journey i've always been really into like finding out my ancestry as an african-american um that has been like a really interesting journey because we don't have a lot of History that goes really far back, you know. Um, I, I years ago I did the ancestry.com thing, and I tried to build my family tree on both sides, my my father's and my mother's sides, and we always got stopped right at slavery because that's where the census is. Right. And um, I I was able to find on my father's side one ancestor who um, had the same last name as their slave owner, but like, and that's it. So. Um, but I've always been really interested in figuring out like, where do I come from and who am I and and all that. And I'm so close to my family. I'm very close to my immediate family. We're all like really um, tight and close knit. And so family has always felt like a very safe place and a place of love and comfort and support always. So understanding that um, that goes even further into like grandparents was really something I was trying to seek. um so half of it was just like trying to figure out like who am i right and where do i come from and what does that mean for me to have ancestors and what does that look like especially as an african-american and then discovering that i have some um indigenous american roots um on my on one of my grandmother's sides and what does that look like and so as i kind of Wanted to explore that further, not knowing where in Africa, you yeah. know, my ancestors are from. We know that, you know, the slave trade happened a lot in Western Africa or like uh, kind of even going further into like North Central, North mm-hmm. Central, East Africa. Um, and then also sort of thinking about um, the Indigenous Americans and not even knowing like what part of the country um, they're from. We have a picture of like my great, great aunts, so my grandmother's aunts, and they're all Native American women, and we just don't know much else because, you know, sometimes information doesn't pass down to us, so I went on this crazy journey (laughs) of really just trying to figure out, like, um, what does spirituality look like in the African and Indigenous American cultures? and how can I pull some things from that, and trying to find, like, a balance within myself to incorporate that, because I think, you know, spirituality, as it's seen right now, is very much um, a Mm European-influenced, as well as Asian-influenced, and not just all of Asia, but, like, India, right, so we have a lot of Indian influences within the spirituality community, as well as European, so there's lots of, like, God and goddess work, but, you know, um, and you kind of Touch on this too in in a lot of your works when you talk about. The the (laughs) European perspective
0: gets boring. (laughs)
1: And and I always try to figure out, like, where do I fit? And I remember going into a bookstore, I was like, I'm going to do some research. And in the philosophy and theology sections, it was all like Western and Asian. Yeah. Like Africa just didn't exist. So it really was like, what does this mean? So, long story short, spirituality really came from this idea that, um, Uh, ancestors within these two cultures are very much driving forces um, in the spiritual work that they do. Um, Ancestral veneration is huge. Um, Feeling connected to the people that came before you. Um, And I love that idea. I love that I am because they were if that makes sense. I love that. We consider everything that all of our ancestors have been through and the history of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, Just imagine that if we all came from this one person or people, this one group and how we are now to me, that's so fascinating. Kind of blows my mind, you know, just that idea of I'm here because other people came before me. Um, And so I, and like I said, family has always felt like a safe space, a safe haven for me. And I feel really lucky for that because I know that not everyone feels that way about their family, but that's kind of how I really um, feel connected to the ancestors. And so for me, my ancestor work looks a lot different from other people's as well. I don't necessarily have an altar um, because it hasn't yet felt right for me in my practice. Um, Some people do altars for their ancestors. I don't have one. And there's also sort of this um, weird balance between African-American tradition and Christianity um because we know that as um black america is is very christian but i also feel like in a lot of ways right that is also like a colonizer's religion mm-hmm, and so yeah. finding a balance between like my culture and, and ancestors who took this religion and turned it into their own and really shaped it and brought them strength versus like this oppression yeah yeah where's <laughs> that where's the yeah me? Right, right, so finding a balance in that. and so, so, you know, a part of me is also, um I have not yet um, felt like altar work is necessary for me, but for me, um, it looks like talking to my ancestors every day, praying for them, gratitude. Um, I did a wonderful meditation, and I do this maybe a couple times a year, and the meditation focuses on not only connecting with ancestors from the past but understanding. That your descendants also exist, and you are an ancestor. And finding my place in this timeline—that's beautiful. It's bananas to me. Like I never even thought about that. Like just thinking about how like they matter, and you're grateful, but you matter too because what you're doing is shapes others. Yeah. Um, So you know, there's there's that aspect of ancestor work, and also the community aspect. So outside of just family, your community, I think is relevant in ancestor work. Um, and again, like within both Indigenous American and African cultures, community matters. Um, the whole matter it's more than just the individual in a lot of cases. And so when I think of ancestor work, I also think of those who have come before me to help shape my life yeah that makes sense so I mean some people I guess will use like I don't know Martin Luther King or or you know go further back to other whole communities that really shaped who I am now I think so there's that aspect of ancestor work too for me that's you know both the community of folks who came before me to help me to get to where I am as well as my own blood family Mm -hmm. that so there's yeah those different aspects and I try to just have them present in my life I have I was extremely close to my grandmother, and so I have a lot of things that belong to her. Um, uh, and so I really just keep them near me, and I have conversations with them if I feel like I need someone to listen to me. And and I really sort of just try to work them into my life. Yeah. Uh, that way, so this way, I feel like an altar isn't necessary because I'm trying to just keep them on my mind in a more. I feel like it makes them more alive if that yeah. makes them more alive in my life and more present in my life. Um, and also understanding that I have to keep their work going because I will be an ancestor as well.
0: So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I love that perspective from like the future as well. I haven't, I mean, I don't know much about ancestor work in general, mm-hmm. but I haven't heard of that perspective of kind of infusing, you know, they shaped my life and how am I shaping the life of the future? It's much more of a collective theme, which I guess brings me, into, and you kind of touched on it, but the next question of like, does it have, is it more powerful if it's specifically your family line or can, especially people who are kind of estranged from their families and, you know, like may not have good relationships with their families is, would it be less powerful to just consider, you know, like the, a group of well-intentioned spirits that may want to help you, (laughs) you know?
1: (laughs) well i don't i mean i think again it it kind of also goes back to that there is more than just what we know from our own life experiences so for example one thing i always do is um, especially before doing readings for others is like i said i ask for protection but i also invite those ancestors who are supportive of me who have been positive who come to bring positive energy um, and, and anyone who is negative or not supportive and not in, in wanna hurt me are not allowed in this space. Okay. So that's number one is saying who who can come into your space? What sort of energy is allowed around you? Yeah. If that means that's your, ent- your current family or if that is your grandparents, they're not allowed in the space, but think about your great, 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 great grandparents. That's part of ancestor work. I think people just see the immediate, like, oh, my family, they were all bad, but were they? You know, yeah. there's so much that we don't know, and I would say invite the positive energy in. So I, I think that's important to remember that beginning of time, the beginning of humans, that's your ancestor. Yeah. Um, also think about that massive amount of of energy, you know, and that massive amount. I mean, you know, in a lot of ways, all of us have come from people who managed to get through all kind of shit because mm-hmm. we exist now, right? You know, if the bloodline was cut off and maybe they didn't make it through the ice age or whatever, you know, or somebody got eaten by a dinosaur. Yeah, you know, <laughs> even dinosaurs, you know, work. But <laughs> Yeah, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah two tigers right? <laughs> there you go but just imagine that like and I feel like there's also some power within you right um you know I think everything within us is part of our DNA a lot of the things that we know about right what we look like our hair our eye color but imagine you have something inside you that drives you forward you want to do good work and you've decided to push away those negative immediate family members that don't work for you and go towards you, but where did that power come from? I mean, it has to be within you somewhere. And I feel like right. a way to pull some of that power out. Um, and also think about influential um, powers. Cause I mean, I, I have some um, you know, friends of my grandmother's who never married and had children, but I know that they are around me and within me. So you yeah. have to be immediate family. Um, I also think to just remember that we come from a long line of people that we've never met and don't know of, but they are moving mm-hmm. us because of our DNA. Um, and also, again, the people who have influenced you in the past. Maybe there's, I don't know, someone from the 1600s that you totally vibe with. You're like, this person, Plato is like my spirit <laughs> animal because he speaks my language. like that, that can be part of that, um, work as well. So no, it doesn't, I definitely don't think that it has to be, but I think just for us to remember that we are not all of one thing, Mm -hmm. is not that one uncle that was a jerk, you know? Right. So many other things that are involved. It could be the uncle's wife who's not related by marriage, who was a good person that, so that can also be counted. Um, I think, you know, ancestors is really about community and love and support and it's family-like energy, wherever that comes from.
0: Oh, I love that. I love the way that's put. Family-like energy, wherever that comes from. And I guess also to kind of like, in your practice, almost enact like a filtration system. You know, it's like I'm going all the way back to the beginning of time. And any anyone with good and loving intentions, feel free to come through. And if, you know, typically I would assume that if you were a bad person in life, you were, you're probably not much changed in death. So you're not really invited in. And so like to set that intention. So is that kind of what you're talking about going back to the beginning and just setting the intention of like anyone who wishes to come through with love and, and good intentions, you're invited and otherwise stay where you're at.
1: You're not allowed. This is my space and I can, I get to say yes or no. And absolutely.
0: Yeah that's a whole different perspective that i've i've not heard of and i mean i guess with that and with tarot so i know that you said that you kind of ask for protection in your tarot readings now do you frame it as like you're you're getting the correct cards because the ancestors are kind of guiding you or is that spirit or law of attraction like yeah. what's your take on how tarot works cuz i i do readings for people every week And my God, I still don't know. (laughs) know, I'm I'm still, and I get so many, and I used to think, you know, just to go on a tangent, I used to think that the cards were all random and that we just psychologically made links that gave us, you know, that gave us the the guidance that we needed. So it doesn't really matter if something magic is happening or not, because you get the guidance you need either way. Kind of, it's like a little key, you know. Um, But after doing readings now weekly for the same people for months, I mean certain people will get the same cards over and over and over and over and over again and I'll use those same decks for other people and they will not get those cards and like it's too weird it's it's too weird so what's what's your take? Yeah
1: I see the tarot as a tool um so I I think that the magic um is not necessarily in the card itself I think the magic is in our intentions um, I think the magic is in um, our spiritual connection. Um, for me, I feel like, um, kind of like I said before, that, um, you know, sometimes I'll shuffle and a card will pop out mm-hmm. and that's the card. A you know, flyer, a yeah. <laughs> right, right? <That's laughs> yeah. You know, or sometimes I'll shuffle and my hand, um, I pull from the bottom of the deck a lot of times because mm-hmm. that's what I can feel. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll shuffle and something will pop up, or I'll shuffle and something will say that card. It's the one that's touching my my hand, and that's the card I'll pull. Um, but I feel like, like I said, you know, because I I don't ever want to claim. And maybe this is, I don't know what this is called, but I don't ever want to claim that I am a psychic for me personally. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know. I'm part of you know, I'm like I'm that's why I've joined the possibility department with you because and I'm open to all the possibilities, but I, I'm never gonna say like, oh, I have this magical power. I think my um, magic, um, my power strength comes from my spirit guides who are helping to give me the answers. Yeah. And so for me, they're a tool. Um, that's why I feel like I can connect with almost any deck, any kind of deck, because I feel like that the spirits or God, um, the ancestors are giving me these cards, this is your card, this is your card, you're gonna get this card again, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about, because you know, we're not pulling, like you said, we're not pulling them for ourselves, I think so I think there's definitely that element, especially with these rep- repetition and the hard answers, the ones that we don't want. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, if it really is psychological, and I do know that sometimes my answers are like, "I'm not talking to you right now because you keep asking me the same question, <laughs> and you're not going to get a different answer." And so I'll pull and I'll and I'll look at them myself. So yeah, I definitely believe because I do use the tarot as a form of helping me to grow my intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, just what is what are the cards saying to me? Do what images? what are the colors? what are the numbers? What are the people? Um, what's the energy from the card? So I do do that, but you know sometimes I'll get a, I'll do a reading and then I'll get an image in my head. I'm like, where did that come from? That right. is not from me. I, I, I see them as a tool. It's kind of like the cards are uh, the 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 paper um, and the pen, but someone else is writing. You know, a right message. I, <laughs> I love that's that. Kind of like a, yeah, because I mean, I don't know where it comes from, so that's why. And I can't say that like it's all me because I did not. I don't pull the. I didn't pull this tower card on purpose. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> over and over again. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel like there's, there's something. It's a tool to me, and I think there's definitely something interesting and magical happening, and it comes from our into int- our intention. It comes from our belief. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think belief is major, and and I think that's true for anything. If we believe, then it's true, and that's a good thing and a bad thing because we do know that there's a lot of people that believe in some things that are not true yeah, that are harmful, but that's the power, I think, of belief, and I think there's a lot of magic in believing. So the fact that I believe that my ancestors are here and present and that God and the spirits are here and present and helping me makes me open and receptive to this message that's coming through to them and so that's kind of how i i see it
0: yeah well yeah i think confidence plays a big role as well in in readings you know like being confident that you're going to receive the the right guidance and then also being confident i feel like in the beginning when i first started to do readings i would get a card and be like oh, that doesn't make any sense, and then I would put it back in the deck, but then I'd draw the same card again in conjunction with a bunch of other cards, and it would form a story that made a ton of sense, and I'm like, oh, you know, really should have just trusted myself that first time. Totally. Um, Those are the ones you want to look out for, too.
1: That's what, like, is the randos, yeah. (laughs) Or something that is really scary or something that you don't understand, write it down, Mm -hmm. and then come back to it in a week and see like what did this did this happen did this manifest into something did it matter yeah Um, usually it
0: does yeah (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. so I mean outside of readings do Mm -hmm. you use tarot like daily for you and I mean you talked about ancestor work daily you kind of just have an ongoing dialogue so how do you use the tarot daily if you do at all
1: Um, I used to, when I was learning and when I was growing, I did use the tarot daily, like I would pull a daily card um, and just really kind of look at it, examine it and see what it was trying to tell me. Now, um, I use it for um, a lot of my business planning. So, uh, and just sort of general life planning. So I have, since January, I just finished actually before we started talking doing my January tarot reading. So I'll do, um, I did an annual, a 2021 reading. Um, I did a monthly reading and then in the past I used to do weekly tarot readings but now I'll just pull an oracle card for the week yeah um, the reason why I think I slowed down is because I think that once I learned the cards and kind of build a better connection with them I was doing too much
0: yeah, um, yeah. I felt Like I
1: was doing too much and I also felt like too it's kind of like that like it was it was also me feeling like my guides were like just chill out let things work. Yeah. Let let what we just told you for this monthly reading work itself out. And it's the same thing with weekly. Let's Mm -hmm. let it work out. Weekly, maybe some your desk. I'll pull an Oracle card and see, you know, whether it's the energy from it and kind of the theme and all that and go with it. But I feel like there is for me doing a bit too much and not really allowing the message to sink in because you're just pulling for a new message every time. So I like to try and just, I write it out and I write it down and I can review it but I try to let it sink in but yeah I use it for business planning (laughs) Um, you know if I'm trying to figure out a new project to work on you know I'll I'll kind of um, pull a few cards and like what's the energy around this and then what what can I expect if I move forward with it so I'll do that Um, I do that a lot and it's the same thing like for my annual, you know, I'll pull a card for health and I'll pull a card for finances and career. So yeah, it's, it's a part of my life. I feel like, um, I, I'm a chatty Kathy. I like to, <laughs> I to watch myself, yeah. but that's also how I pull cards too. So, um, I, I don't do spreads really. Um, usually I pull, I pull like four cards because yeah. I have a whole conversation. Um, and I can, I can do a reading with two cards, but in general, I just, have a conversation with the cards um and i i am really working to because it's it's with my discussions every day with my ancestors and bringing them into my life that's kind of how the cards are beginning to work for me mm-hmm. As i definitely i have an earth moon so i still need structure <laughs> um you know my taurus moon is like we need some sort of structure yeah so i will still do them monthly and the weekly but um yeah too much is too much i can't do daily anymore
0: well, yeah, I think that's a beginner thing as well. Like mm-hmm. I feel like when I got my first decks, I was like, pull a card for everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it just it it never works. And one way or another, you end up getting the message of like, this is too you need you need to stop. <laughs> you you need to chill. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Um
0: Yeah. So when you were beginning to work with ancestors or maybe just spirit in general for some people listening, did it at first for you kind of feel like Silence, like you were maybe like talking to yourself before you built that connection, or was there like an instant connection? Like, what did that? Did you go through a period of doubt at all? Of like, I'm, I'm slowly going off the wall.
1: <laughs> no, 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 not with the not with ancestor work and my connection with tarot. Just tarot, totally really wow before Before I incorporated it totally yes um but I feel like the more that I do it um because some of the most powerful messages that I feel like I've channeled I knew immediately that this is from an ancestor so Mm -hmm. I did um I did a reading for someone who was um interested in their own ancestral um, connections and kind of wanted just some guidance on how to connect with their own ancestors. And I was doing the reading and um, I immediately felt um, the messages were coming through from my, my ancestors from there. Like it, it just, it was a really weird feeling. I don't know how to explain it, but wow. I definitely was like this. It was, such an overwhelming first I got a super overwhelming feeling of just love and support
0: Mm -hmm.
1: as I was telling her about you know what the reading said and and um I mean there was some visioning and some visions and um sort of seeing a person and anyway I like I said I never ever feel like I am a psychic but I always feel like information is given to me and I knew immediately that my ancestors were helping me to do this reading like and it just felt so good it felt really good it felt really uh yeah it just felt really connected and i think that's when i knew like i can't doubt myself and i think um allowing that trust to happen and i think like i said really helps that i i had such a close relationship with my grandmother we were roommates for a while. Like Aww. that, <laughs> yeah, we lived together for a while. When I was in college, I moved in with her because she lived closer to my school. And yeah. uh, it was me and her for a long time. And so um, her, now that she's passed, I I feel like in a lot of ways, she is kind of like the one that opens the door for all of the other ancestors to come through. And I I really feel strongly <laughs> when... You know, I'm doing these readings, and I know. And sometimes, she's not. They're not always there. Yeah. Loud, but for that reading, it was so loud, and that was really the first one. I was like, "This is safe. This is okay. Yeah, if you're with me, I'm okay." Um, and hopefully, I can interpret this correctly. That's one. That's the only thing I worry about is mm-hmm. interpreting and making sure that I'm getting their message correctly. Because sometimes I'll be like, "This." Are you sure? Because I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna say it and hope that the person receiving the message gets it, and usually they do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the trust comes to. The more that you do it, and someone's like, "This totally makes sense," you're like, "Oh, thank God!" Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you're I'm, just kind of holding your breath. Sure yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah. Totally. Wow, that's that's incredible. I guess that would make sense, though, to why you were you were so trusting from the beginning because you already had this connection. Like you said, she was kind of opening the door for everyone else to kind yeah. of flow in, which is, I mean, yeah. really beautiful and, and inspiring, I think, for people like me and other people listening who have trouble connecting, you know what I mean? Like it is yeah. possible. You just need to like open that door and maybe have some confidence with spirit in general, right? It doesn't have to be right. specific exactly. family members. Confidence and trust. Yeah. And I think
1: that's major to trust, trust that it is. Um you know, I always worry that I do a reading and someone's going to come back and be like, I, this is this for me? Yeah. Um, but a part of me also is just like, this is what I'm getting. I'm just going to put it out there. If it right. doesn't make any sense, um, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. Like there's a net flying around. This person must have a flying... I don't know. But I, I feel like this person has a flying spirit animal or like, you know, little things like that that just something. Yeah. Like, you
0: did that with mine. Yeah. It, it ended like, up being like super accurate. <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, is this just a bug or does it mean something?
1: But I'm just going to put it out there. And then yeah. if it doesn't mean anything, then, oh, I'll know. Right. But, um, You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think trust, be confident and trust and just keep practicing and the more that you read for others read for people who you don't know
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh that's when you're going to know for sure um when you do your family and friends you already know a little bit about them so you're gonna you can't not psychologically bring that into the reading yeah um, you know a little bit you can but i think with strangers
0: yeah it's you know. it's better practice not going in kind of like yeah. cold and not knowing anything yes. blindfolded yeah. um I guess shifting gears a little mm-hmm. more towards tarot now. What is your process for when you're coming up on a block and yeah. using tarot um, to get out of that block or to gain insight? Like as a reader, reading for yourself. What's your process to to go through? The, oh, you <laughs> that face you made. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because I'm I I, I, it's
1: something that's major that I'm doing for myself right now. Mm. Is um, you know I, I came across a, a block for a work project. Do I do this? Why should I do this? Yeah, so this is the right thing for me. Um, I think there's two different ways. <laughs> One is to just like be frustrated and like I don't know what's going on. Help me and pull some cards and nothing makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's usually sort of the first thing. It's like help me and then, but I think <laughs> the better way um, is. I'll do some major meditation first, deep breathing, um, and connect on that way. And then again, like asking the ancestors, just to kind of if if they're if they're free if they have some free time, yeah, yeah, pop in, <laughs> pop in, and you know if you can help me with this project. And what I also do is just write it down, write it down. Um, I get messages for myself as a I never say like I need to do this. I always say you. I'm not mm-hmm. sure why. But it's always like you need to lead with this way, and you need to focus on this way, and so it's always a, like writing. Like I'm writing to myself the messages that I'm receiving, mm-hmm. um, and then I can come back and read them. So I do try to write them down, um, but I do try very hard to start the reading in a place of calm, which is extremely difficult
0: when you're not calm. <laughs> <laughs> when you're not calm,
1: um, and I think too. Uh, again, it's it's ex- and also acceptance. Mm-hmm. of some of the answers because I think when we're half of the half of the thing that of blocking is already we already know. Yeah, we do why do we blocked. Yeah. yeah. I think we don't trust though. We don't trust that within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, again, like if you're already working with spirit guides or whomever, they're already telling you because that's why you feel this like your neck is tight and you got a headache. You already know. Yeah. Uh, I think when you get that message and it's still something that you maybe it not say, no, everything's gonna be fine and beautiful here's the sun card. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You're the queen of pentacles. Everything's great. No. <laughs> Sometimes you get that three of swords and the death card and the tower card. And, but looking at that with an openness to understanding, I think being open to trying mm-hmm. to understand even that, those negatives. And that's why I write it out and try and write it down. And even if I'm not absorbing it completely, just write out, you know, what I'm feeling, what I'm getting from the cards, even if I don't like it, yeah you know taking a breath and rereading it stubbing away and coming back and rereading it and it's okay to ask for clarity um sometimes we'll pull clarifying cards but what you don't ever want to do is kind of what we said already is ask that same question over and over again yep um because you'll get the cards that say you're overthinking this you're over and over again (laughs) yeah um yeah, I had that with a client and I knew that it was time to stop reading, but we pulled some, um, I have a deck of Oracle decks that have archetypes, archetypes,
0: archetypes?
1: Mm-hmm. um, it just kind of like gives you an idea of like the energy and the two cards that were pulled was slave and addict. You're a slave to this idea and you're addicted to asking this question. I was like, the cards are like, we need to stop. <laughs> My God. Stop that's it. so intense. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay they have spoken yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is you know accept it or move on but stop asking
0: yeah so, so yeah. as a reader do you see like do you ever make connections and see archetypes of the tarot coming out in real life like do you ever make that connection of like oh this is some real full energy <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> or...
1: I i see it not in others sometimes mm-hmm. um I definitely see it within myself,
0: for mm-hmm.
1: sure. I think it's easier for me, or within others, as far as personality. For me, I definitely see, um, for example, you know, Tower card. These Tower card moments. I think we've all experienced that twenty twenty. Yeah, in general, uh, right. <laughs> we shall not repeat the name of that year. Like <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, um, or or sometimes you'll get an Empress, an Empress. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, this is definitely this person. I can see all these characteristics or you'll get a card that's the total opposite of you or something that you're working toward, you know? So, um, every now and then I'll get temperance and I'm like, Oh, fine. But I'll get that card. And I'll be like, just, I don't want yeah. to be patient. Yeah. <laughs> but it's again, it's that, that characteristic that, you know, like this is something that you need to work on. So yeah, totally. I might definitely see it in, I, I, kind of see it as humanized
0: experiences or quality mm-hmm. for sure yeah little windows into the human experience I guess totally.
1: yeah I mean humans created the deck right and yeah kind of based it on all of these different qualities or the life journey if you will and um yeah I definitely I think that's why they're such great tools because there's something within each card that we can relate to yeah and that's also why they're they're special because you know, again, it's something within each card that they can relate to. I mean, I think there's a lot of people, for example, who totally think that tarot reading is a sham and it's crazy And because you just look at the card and of course it's going to apply to you. Well, I mean, that's the point, right? That's the point in a lot of ways is that you can pull something from this. It's not a dot on a circle that you're just trying to figure out. It's an image that you can look at and say, this is what I get from this image. And this is the message that's coming from this image because it's made so that you can understand it. If it was this abstract thing, no one would understand. And we wouldn't be able to use it as a tool for growth and insight. But that's the
0: whole point is that it is, the imagery is fairly accessible. So this question might be a little selfish, but just like... As a reader, I'm curious to know, is your prep before a reading? Do you have prep before a reading? I mean, you don't, obviously, it's personal, so you don't have to give us specifics, but like, you know, is it long? Is it short? You know, and how, do you feel like it's less potent if you don't prep before? Like, so it's not a secret. Um, i make the secret magic potion
1: yeah yeah not at all um usually what i like to do is meditate before um Mm -hmm. and just to kind of become grounded and to get calm um now depending on my schedule that could be a 10 15 minute maybe meditation or like two minutes because i have i'm running late but i always, always always do some breath work before just to calm down Um, and to connect with the cards. And then even uh, when I have the person, say, for example, if I'm doing a face-to-face virtual reading, um, and I have to do a lot more prep for my virtual readings than I do for um, email, right? Because through email, breathe and make sure that the cards are cleansed and do the reading, but face-to-face is a little bit different. Um, so even when I have a person and I can see their face through the webcam, I still, you know, ask them as let's both just take a few minutes and let's take a few deep breaths just so that we can kind of get calm and be open and and get connected. So that's number one. Um, I always cleanse my cards. Um, I don't really believe in using Sage very much. So Mm -hmm. I I use salt, good old fashioned salt. Um, Salt is good for everything. Available have, in every
0: household. <laughs> right, <laughs>
1: yeah. I, right here next to my desk. I have my little
0: container. Oh, well, you of really salt. do. <laughs>
1: yeah. My container salt. For those of I, you
0: listening, she has a Tupperware.
1: Yes, filled with salt. And I just pop the top off. I ref- refill it probably once a week. Mm-hmm. And I just dunk, dunk my cards <laughs> in my salt. Oh, that's uh, smart. <laughs> so I have it pretty close. Um, And if I did a reading that was rarely do I have negative readings I will say that but if I've had a reading that was kind of negative before that you know I'll salt or I'll light some incense or something just to kind of cleanse and kind of do a reset of my space yeah um but in general it's really just breath work for me and just kind of being calming myself down um and then also open myself to messages I do have a crystal that I always always use for readings (coughs) excuse me um is a petrified wood um which is i mean that's a whole story within that crystal but um i heard that you know because it's you know it's aged wood and it's earth energy it's very good for use with ancestors oh interesting at the same time that i got this crystal um i have never i'm i'm also part of the possibility in the possibility department within the power crystals Mm -hmm. (laughs) please don't People don't come at me because I know Chris people are hardcore <laughs> about that crystal. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and so, you know, just in the same thing that the way that I am with my tarot decks, I only get crystals that I really feel called to get. So I don't have a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to be really calling to me. Same thing with my decks compared to others. I, I have a small amount of decks, which I find surprising. I, think I have like eight decks and people are like, I have 27. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I have this this crystal that um, I didn't actually know that it did ancestor work when I chose it. I was like, this is calling to me and I love how it feels on my hand and I need to buy this Yeah, dollar crystal. It was not expensive at all, but now it really like uh, grounds me. Mm-hmm. So I will always have that um, with me. Um, I have a black tourmaline that I will use with me, a quartz crystal, cause you know. Um, standby. <laughs> I also have a red calcite crystal Ooh. um and one of the i uh one of the women in the crystal store she said that um one of the ways that people use that will help to sort of um, protect your energy especially when you're channeling messages it's a good for sort of keeping out negative energy so sometimes i'll have that with me as well just sort of like the protective and then mm-hmm. the, the petrified wood that i i will hold on to it and just have it in my hand um, while i'm doing the reading especially for one that i'm like I'm confused by this, just to sort of keep me grounded and make sure that I'm open, so yeah, um, not a big secret, but yeah, I totally have I have to do those things before, or I won't trust the messages that I'm receiving if I don't if I just jump in it it doesn't feel right,
0: yeah, yeah, I feel like everyone has kind of a for me, I feel like my thing that I have to have present is my pendulum it's like <laughs> it it has it's like I it has to be there to like confirm everything for me, um so what would you say? what's your favorite part of being a reader Connections. yeah yes I I've been
1: I've had so I bought my first tarot deck in 2001 at Barnes and Noble was that the one okay yeah <laughs> that's why Barnes and Noble's still there I mean Barnes and Noble's still around but I mean mm-hmm. kind of not too yeah <laughs> uh now it's Amazon but yeah, uh, and so I've had a deck for a very long time, and I would do readings here and there for friends and family, um, but I didn't really get serious about reading for others until 2018. Uh, I think that's when I started the Biddy Tarot community. Yeah. Think, yeah. 18, and started doing that and reading for others. And I would say the best thing about that, um, especially this past year, when I really amped it up, was the connection. Yeah. Um, sometimes you know people will thank me profusely for a reading, and I'm like, honestly, this is, is such soul work for me, because one, it I feel it, there's so much. I never see the tarot as scary or negative. Yeah. In the sense of like oh, the death card, you should be afraid, or, like, like you did that reel where you got all those negative cards, and I looked at those cards, and I'm like, they're not so bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, they fine, you're going to be okay. Um, yeah.
0: So, you know. For those listening, I got the three of swords, the devil, and... was it the nine of swords, I think? Yes. I don't remember yes. the other ones. It was so the was nine like, of swords.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, and I
0: was like, it just means that, you know, you need it's to sorry. take a break. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, and so because of that, because like I, and you know, I always want to make sure that people are at ease when they do get readings with me and that they understand that um, the tarot is a tool for hope and optimism and insight always. That's yeah. how I view it always. And to be able to share that with someone else, it makes, it it really helps to lift me up as well. Cause I think especially at the hardest months of 2020 You know, especially like doing a reading in June when, uh, you know, I'm here in Los Angeles. So like, you know, there's protests everywhere, and I just felt like my city was on fire, and yeah, and people didn't like people who look like me. And being reminded of all of the other good, beautiful things that are happening, even if it's just happening within this one person, Mm -hmm. for me, that that's so hopeful like if this one person comes and like I'm not sure where I should go and then I get the spread and like you know they're realizing their dreams and they have all this passion that they haven't even seen yet to me like that is inspiring and motivating for me and like that's that's the real thing is like me being able to be connected to others in that way I live by myself my family's in a whole nother state and so to be able to connect with another like soul, to have my ancestors at my back and my spirit guides at my back to help me to share these messages of hope and optimism with others, that is everything, that is everything. And that's why when I do readings, I always, always want to have them be accessible. So I have a pay what you can option, and I will always have a pay what you can option. Um, I do free readings. But I always have, because it is an exchange, there's always going to be some sort of, I want it to be accessible. There's so many readers who have very high prices. I totally understand why. I think pay, charge what you're worth. But I want there to be access. Um, You know, in my muggle life, I do a lot of work in nonprofits and with artists. And we know artists are broke. Mm -hmm. That's okay, (laughs) because they're doing art, right? Nonprofits, they're broke because they're doing good work. And so I just want to make sure that my own personal work is a reflection of that. And so I, I take a portion of every single um, sale that I have and I uh, I save it up. And so at the beginning of the year, or at, I guess technically at the end of the year and in summer, I, I will donate a portion of those to a nonprofit. Um, but I really just think that being able to do this for others has really helped me to stay positive and to stay optimistic and to really be connected. And that has been so huge for me because I'm always in my cave, you know, my room, this, I live in this room and that's it. But you know, this has been, it's been such a gift. It's been such a, such a, such a gift. And I feel like there's been so much growth, just being able to share and the hope and optimism of others.
0: Wow. what That was a beautiful answer. I'm, I'm proud to know you truly. I really, I really am. Um, and I would love for you to tell my listeners where they can find you about yeah. the readings you do, the work you do, your podcast that you have that, I mean, I'm <laughs> sure a podcast would love Brittany's podcast. So tell
1: yeah. So um, you can find me on my website is BrittanyGash.com. Uh, and my name is spelled Brittany, not like Britney Spears, but like Brittany France um, or Brittany Spaniel, if you like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, BrittanyGash.com is the website, um, and you can find me on Instagram at BG Intuitive Marketing. Uh, I am an intuitive marketer and a tarot reader. Um, I decided to smush the mystical and the logical um, and really use the tarot, like I said, of course, of uh, for insight and to help provide hope and optimism to others, but also to incorporate that uh, aspect of my own spirituality with my business um, in my mother life and pre-COVID I was just a full-time marketing person um, and I kind of revamped my marketing consultancy to be more inclusive of um, allowing folks to use their intuition and to incorporate their spiritual practices in helping them to market their themselves right if you're trying to uplift your career or your personal brand or their businesses um, and that intuitive marketing really just means uh, how can I understand, how can I use astrology and tarot and how can I use my uh, rituals to help me to feel less gross <laughs> about marketing? <laughs> 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 so that's that. Cause I know most people are like eh, marketing. What is that? What Why? Um, and I think because we are all uh, whole human beings, we need that balance. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, it's helping, helping others to balance their, the, the mundane and the magical in their lives so that they can feel the most holistic um within themselves and to do great work um, i also just do straight up tarot readings just about whatever you know if, if you have a question about something um that's my jam so those are the two things that i do um, i really love them <laughs> a lot um, and uh where else am i oh i have a podcast like you said yeah i just started okay, Lucia, it's because you are just like, just do it, Brittany. (laughs) Thank you for that. Um,
0: No problem. (laughs) I
1: I took your getting shit, getting your shit together with the pentacle course, formally manifesting with the pentacle. Yeah. That was everything for me. It was, it really helped me to understand what I wanted. And that's the reason why I was like, I want to do work that is not just either or I want to be spiritual and to do marketing and I want to do these things. And so that course really helped me to smush those two things together. So thank you um for that. Um and I just want to promote you. Oh thank you. (laughs) Awesome. It's so good. It's so good. Um and yeah and you told me to do the podcast. So the name of the podcast is Big Intuition. And you can find a link. It's it's everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google, all those places. And the focus is intuition spirituality, and marketing. It sounds crazy because you're like, where's the marketing come from? But again, it's all related. Um, But yeah, I try to push more of the intuition um, and how to balance all of those sort of practices with the everyday. So that's my jam, sort of building the bridge between the mystical and the logical.
0: And yeah. Well, beautiful. Everything will be linked below as well for all of our listeners, or if you're watching this video on Patreon, it will be linked below. And Brittany, thank you so much for for coming on my podcast. This has been super fun and an honor. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that was our interview with Brittany Gash. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you'll check out all of the links below. um, If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or Podbean, wherever you are, all of Brittany's links are below. You can get a reading with her or look into marketing consulting, but I do hope you check out her content and her podcast. If you like my podcast, you'll like hers. Um, Thank you for being here with me today, and stay mysterious.